You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What? Are you kidding me? Just like that. Down, dead, underground, just buried after the first half. The Philadelphia Eagles, through all different means out there on the field, find a way to win the game. Improbable down in Carolina. My goodness, 21-18 is the final. We welcome you in to the BGN Radio Instant Reaction Show. Myself, Jess, Rachel, you, of course, on Twitter. We'll get to a bunch of reaction, and I think if we all took a poll at the half, it would be a climate of negativity, to say the least. And that's probably putting some icing on the cake. But seeing this team bounce back, seeing this team grow from mistakes, seeing this team get lucky and take advantage of circumstance, any and every way in which they were finding a way and then ultimately found a way to climb back and crawl back and win this football game. Here's all I'll say is we've known this, Jess, for a long time now, five weeks that this is not about whether or not Jalen Hurts is going to lock in in the first month or Nick Sirianni deserves an extension or all that other stuff that's years from now. It's about growing and about learning from mistakes. And as frustrated and as furious and as disgusted as I and I'm sure you and countless others were watching in the first half, all I can say is, holy shit, they come out and they win this game and they deserve a pat on the back, head and butt wherever for that one. Yeah. I mean, that was what I love about what the biggest thing about Philadelphia that we love is it's net love is a loose term, but it's never over. It's never over until that clock hits zero. It does not matter what sport it is. It is never over until everybody is actually leaving the stadium, including the players. And today was nothing short of that. I mean, the first half was horrific. And even the defense had a good couple plays in the first half, but they were also really bad, too, in the first half. I don't know what – I mean, I hope Nick Sirianni cursed all of them out at halftime because <laughs> not anything short of that, I don't know how they were able to come out successfully. What I love about Jalen Hurts is just the way that he has such a short-term memory, and he's actually able yeah. to – go out for a drive and play like garbage and completely put that out of his head the next time he steps on the field. That's, that's I think, one of the most impressive qualities about him, that he truly never gets rattled. Nothing, nothing, nothing shakes him at all. And I think that's the most important thing about him and about a guy who should be the Eagles franchise quarterback going forward for, you know, for the near future. I love it. Let, let's, I think that's the best place to start, right? Because of all the things we've been talking about, patience, learning experiences, teaching moments, all these phrases that have been applied to the season so far, he's the best, I think, micro of that today. Whereas you, you mentioned, it was probably his worst half of football that we've seen. 
him making decisions, throwing the football, just inaccurate. Another penalty on him due to just not getting rid of the football fast enough. And it wasn't a change. It wasn't like a 180 where he was just so ugly and then beautiful in the second half, but he was making enough plays. And he, to your point about the short-term memory loss, that's what we ask with cornerbacks, right? Like that's what we ask with guys on defense. A young quarterback could have easily been rattled in that situation. Young quarterbacks do get rattled in that situation. I don't know if Sirianni said something, if Hurt said something to himself in the mirror, whatever the hell happened at the half, that was a that's the best example of somebody taking nothing and a lot of nothing that he created and then taking full advantage of opportunity and circumstance in the second half. Good throws, not crazy wild throws. Even that Ertz throw and I'm sure we'll talk about that specifically, but everything in the second half looked like a completely different quarterback. Isn't that what we want? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Was his game great? No. He played a fraction of the game that he played last week against Kansas City. And it's frustrating to see kind of the back and forth here and there. Sure. But it, when it came down to it, and when the Eagles needed Jalen Hurts to put the team on his back and lead them down into the end zone, That's exactly what he did when they needed him to put the team on his back and just get a couple more first downs to close out the game. That's exactly what he did. He put his head down and got that final first down. And if you, I mean, you know, we're going to, unfortunately, this is how we're going to operate this season. We're going to keep going back to the last guy that was here. What, what were the three biggest complaints with 11? He did not have a short-term memory at all. Once he was rattled, he was done. He would not throw the ball away. And he wasn't clutch. Those were the three biggest issues with him that everyone constantly wanted to talk about. Jalen Hurts, not rattled ever, throws the ball away and doesn't take stupid sacks all the time, leads the team down the field when they need him most. You can't ask for much more than what he gave you today. I understand that it wasn't the perfect game. It wasn't a great game. There are things he could have done better. But ultimately, he led you to that win. The defense yep. did their job enough, kept you in the game enough for the, you for the offense to be able to come out and and succeed. That's what they did today, and they were able to go down and get the win against. I mean, against a team who I understand they got smacked around by Dallas last week, but the 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 New Orleans Saints are are a pretty good football team, better than anyone expected them to be this year, and you know they beat the Saints. Well, I mean, the Texans are a terrible football team. So that's, you know, neither. Almost beat the Patriots today. Almost. They were so close. So, so close. (laughs) So close. But But they're not a bad team. You're right with Carolina. Carolina Panthers are not a bad football team. And I understand they didn't have Christian McCaffrey, but Sam Darnold also threw three interceptions today. You know, their their defense is, it's not a great run defense, but they're a really good pass defense. And Jalen Hurts was able to make some throws. I mean, those last couple throws on that drive, that – I mean, that ball to Devontae Smith for the two-point conversion, you're Beautiful. not you, – you don't need much more than that. That nope. could not have been more perfect. So, I mean, I while there will be complaints about Jalen Hurts' play today, he, he deserves so much credit for the way that he led them down the field to lead them to that win. Yeah, and the trend is upwards. Once again, we right. see somebody and, – and look, that's, that's what we want, where if you have a rough half, if, you, if you're making mistakes – then learn from that, then grow from that, or just bounce back and realize that, oh man, you missed an opportunity. It's not always about the young, because Hertz is, but let's be honest, 
Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't Tom Brady. Guys will miss throws. Guys will make mistakes. It may not be as often as we see a younger quarterback, but it's about, all right, taking advantage of something that you missed maybe in the first half. For example, maybe taking advantage, Jess, of missing a wide-open Quez Watkins in the first half and then realizing, and look, this is part of the play calling, part of Nick Sirianni, and the confidence in Hurts as well, not in him, only in himself, but to make that throw again, to go back to that and continue to try and hit that deep threat that he eventually does with Watkins on that huge play downfield. So we've seen it. Like, we, we don't have to wait now for a week and say, well... I just hope that Hertz can grow from this one or two mistake game here. No, he grew from that overnight, like in from the first half to the second half. And it was really good, I think, and reassuring to see that, yes, the win always helps, but that's a fantastic combination of making that decision in the second half and factoring into the win. Right. You just, at this point, you know, we've talked about it. Week one was, was an enigma, I think, for the season. But you just want to see growth. You just want to yeah. see improvement on the things that they're doing wrong week in and week out. And you don't want to see the same shit over and over and over again. That's that's the that's the most we could ask for out of a rebuild year. That's 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 all we want to see. We want to see something to give us hope going forward and something to make us confident going forward. You know, when you open the game with another penalty, you're just like, oh. Again, why? I, know. why? I, know. I will say they were not the most penalized team on the field today, which is amazing. I, amazing. I feel like they still had that... six penalties. Right. But do we do we not send something down to Novacare for that? Like cake, maybe cupcakes. I, they deserve some sort of reward. They don't deserve for that, a full right? cake, maybe cupcakes. Well, they won the game. Wow, you're you're a tough grader right there. I thought maybe since the win, we could send cupcakes at the very least or a cake. But you're you're not even doing that. Like, do well, we I need to send cupcakes. slices? They don't deserve a full cake. They could have got cupcakes. it. I'm sorry, not a full cake. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they still had six penalties today, and a bunch yes. of them were dumb. Most of them were dumb. More points taken off the board. I want to, I mean, that is just, it's infuriating. It's infuriating because I'm, I'm married to a football coach. So I see more <laughs> film in my home than most people. And he, I, to make it even better, he's a wide receiver coach. So oh, nice. like watching this and just knowing how on, well, in so many levels, how unbelievably textbook it is to just mm -hmm. not do exactly what was done is infuriating to watch a professional football player making millions of dollars do that. Last week, the one that wiped off the Zach Ertz touchdown, that one was extremely questionable because right. I think it was J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was engaged with the corner the entire time. Like, that was a really questionable call. This one was just like, Yes, that was okay. wrong. That was right. you were wrong in that situation. Right. Like, it's it's things like that that I'm like, what do you do in practice all week? Like, what are you doing? What are you working on? What are you talking about? That and especially how much you know Nick Sirianni talks about being a former wide receiver and really loving yeah. the wide receivers and being so involved and everything's a talking point and a teaching point and blah 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 blah. Why do the wide receivers keep making such boneheaded mistakes left and right? I, you know, it's a great question, right? And I think just looking at that last play, full blame on Greg Ward. Like, I'm not taking anything away from it. I think you nailed it perfectly. This is, again, a veteran in the NFL making that mistake. And 
right. the broadcast called it out. He's not even trying to make an effort at all to run around. It's just steamrolling into a guy. With that said, I think some of this goes, to, and I'm just trying to, to find an answer to your question that's not just 100% piling on Ward, because I think what happens is Sirianni gets cute in areas that he doesn't need to be, and that's the red zone. Like, there's no need. You've got three guys who are fast enough and quick enough, mind you, to create their own spacing in the red zone. Quez is a taller guy as well. You shouldn't, you don't need trickery or, or even a lesser sense of a rub or pick route. Like you don't need stuff like that. Just run a simple play and let your guys beat somebody one-on-one -on -one and get open or let Hertz extend and use his abilities. It seems like at times Sirianni is almost like getting ahead of himself. And then we see plays like that where it's, yeah, I bet that wasn't heavily practiced this right. week. I wouldn't be shocked just if they didn't practice that in two, three weeks. And that's the thing. The last two years with the kind of receiving talent and coaching that the Eagles had, I can understand utilizing things like that to try to get your guys open because they were so horrible at doing it themselves. But right, right now you have so much young talent and a quarterback that typically makes really good decisions. Why are you trying to do something that's way more complicated than any, everything that got you the rest of the way down the field. That's the thing. There's like a 180 between the offense they want to be in the red zone versus the offense they are between the 20s. It's the strangest yeah. thing to watch. And it, it, it's so aggravating to watch happen. It's, <laughs> it makes you want to pull your hair out. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I, they outsmart themselves. And I, I, yeah. I, I can get, again, I can get on board with it being growing pains. But when you're just not utilizing the skills of the guys you have and just trying to, like you said, trying to be cute. Like just, they're all talented. They're all there for a reason. Just use the talent for God's sakes. It's rough. It's infuriating at times, especially if you lose a game and you go back to a key play where points have been taken off the board. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I know Rachelle has a bunch of tweets. Let's just bring up real quick about the defense because we should talk about that. Look, you block a punt. And that's that's a wild card, right? That's the double zeros on the roulette table. That's an amazing feat. You use that to your advantage, which the Eagles did. They turned that into points, and there you have the game won. 
But you mentioned, and I want to go back to this comment you made because I think it's pretty much a good description from a broad standpoint. The defense was good today. They were good enough at times to keep them in the game. And look, Sam Darnold threw three picks and was humanized really for the first time all year. He looked like Sam Darnold of the Jets. So I just want to just go back a little bit to the defense today because they deserve a pat on the back as well, by all means. Sorry, I caught you mid-drink. No, you're good. They absolutely do. They, they, they 100% do after, you know, back-to-back weeks, giving up 40 points to come out, only give up 18, you know, turn the ball, turn Sam Darnold over a couple times. And, and, you know, I think who was more penalized, the offense or the defense today? I want to say the offense. I feel like uh... it was the offense. I'll have to go back and look through my, I didn't, I didn't look through my notes close enough to, to Yeah, see but you know what? Like- we need to, if you're not doing that already, then then we need to start doing that. And, and I'll be part of it as well, which is just divvying up blame, right? <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, at least it didn't seem that way. It didn't seem like there were a lot of boneheaded mistakes on the defense today. Um, no. That one penalty on Alex Singleton was dumb. That made me mad. Um, that was that ridiculous, yeah. Like that, w- that was dumb. Should not have done that. But I also thought today that, Jonathan Gannon, credit to him, made some adjustments to let his guys play the way that they should be playing. And again, utilizing the talent that he has on the defense to design the game plan, to call his defensive plays instead of trying to you know implement some system that doesn't necessarily I mean we saw that a lot this week in talking about Fletcher Cox Fletcher Cox really has been nowhere to be found and it sort of came out a little bit this week that he was playing in a spot that he wasn't comfortable playing in but also wasn't thrilled about it because you know and and I I would love to know if you how your what your thoughts are on this in my opinion I think Fletcher Cox has been at the upper tier of his position for so long he's almost earned the right to play where he wants to play and how he wants to play and I can understand his frustration if this young defensive coordinator comes in and tries to tell him where he should play instead I can understand where where there's a little you know frustration and resentment there and I thought today Fletcher Cox was allowed to was was moved into the spots that he should have been a little bit more, and he showed up in 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 big moments. He got through. He he made plays and and he you know made an impact on the game today, in the box score and outside of the box score. I thought. Yeah, it's I think a really good point to raise because he brought it up earlier in the week, right? And it was almost like i hate to use the word complaining because it has this negative connotation to it yeah. but almost maybe venting is the better word where he was venting through media through a press conference and then it just came back to it i know les bowen put so, a, a tweet out and the conversation just came to the point you just made which is hold on a second how is jonathan gannon the trump card in this conversation here right. where it comes to no 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 you're going to go it my way if anything it should be fletcher cox and and you're right i think the beauty of fletcher cox is that he doesn't need to dominate or stuff a stat sheet to right. make it so much easier for everybody around him now you add the sack you add the pressure you add his ability to stop the run in a natural position for him and then we go back to talking about him as one of the more dominant interior linemen in the game so i i think If you want to look at something, if we want to take something away that's now sustainable, right? Because a lot of today was crazy. A lot of today is just the NFL. 
You get crazy bounces, block putt, but you take advantage of those, and that's a good thing to right. see. Some things, though, and, and this is back to your point about Fletcher Cox, is sustainable. Some things are where you can go week to week. Jonathan Gannon was just hit over the head, metaphorically, of course, with a mallet, which is like, okay, wow, I realized something. I need to listen to my player here. So yeah. that, I think, is sustainable, and we should look at what we got from Fletcher Cox moving forward. It's a great point to raise, and I think that's something we can look at now moving forward and be excited about. It's yeah. like we're excited about Fletcher Cox, I think, again now. Right, and it, it goes with the the learning curve of the young coaching staff and the young players. And again, I you know I'm never one to sit here and scream for people's jobs. I, you know, people have a job to do. They have to put food on the table somehow. Like I don't agree with screaming for coaches to be fired and things like that. I've never done it, and I will never do it. Um, but I can understand where that was coming from with Jonathan Gannon a little bit. And again, it goes back to with the defense being the frustrating part for me is that. You know, it's a bunch of veterans that were, you know, playing yeah. like morons. And that was what was so frustrating. <laughs> but, you know, and and it was hard to take a step back and look at the fact that this is a young defensive coordinator and they're still working on some things too. Now it was the the dumb penalties and and missed tackles and and things like that that were the most infuriating, I think, because again, it's a bunch of veterans that should not be making these mistakes. But, you know something as simple as maybe listening to Fletcher Cox in that situation and utilizing that going forward, I can get on board with that and I can forgive and forget and move on and hope that the defense continues to grow from there because they were less frustrating today than they had been in the last, the last couple of weeks. You know, Steven Nelson had been yep. really frustrating to me with, yep. It almost looked like he he was kind of like running running half-assed out there, which I didn't love all the time. He had he played really well today. Darius Slay played really well today. Avante Maddox is like sneaky having a really good season. His play saving that touchdown today was Huge. fantastic. So yep. I, I think they absolutely deserve a lot of a lot of that credit today. And I agree with your metaphor of Jonathan Gannon being hit over the head with a mallet. I hope that that really just knocks something loose that helps going forward. I was thinking, you know, like frying pan, tennis racket. Like, no, it, it, this was one as, of each. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like cartoon of just like swapping it out. Yeah. And continuing to hit him over the head with it by all means. Right. All right. I, I can't wait to see the climate because I imagine it's going to be all positive following a victory. Right. As Rachel has been looking mm -hmm. and scouring Twitter to try and get the, the best three word reaction and beyond. And. I, I don't know. I mean, we wouldn't have thought to do this, but I wonder how different things would have been. And maybe even if we look at some timestamps from the half where it's, you know, fire Sirianni, Jalen Hurts ain't it, and all these other things, right, that I'm sure came out to now, like, Jalen Hurts is it, extend Sirianni, and all the other things. No, we're not getting a lot of that? You would think, but no, people are still tough. Just like Jess was talking about earlier, some of these responses are still very, very tough. Like, it's they're not really, like, please. They're not satisfied. It's like, okay, you guys gave the, like, you, the Panthers let you guys win. These are more so. Wow. The Looking for reasons to be miserable, as we tend to do. I, I think yeah, yeah, I, yeah, but to be fair, you're only giving them cupcakes. And I don't even know well, if there's a design on the I'm cupcakes. still giving them cupcakes. They still won the game. They won the game. A win's a win's a win's a win's a win. Yes, it is. But the responses are not positive like I thought they would be. A pretty ugly win. That's Fosto. Okay. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but an undeserved win. 
Well, okay, real quick, let's just stop right there because I think that pretty ugly win is like it's the NFL. You just won a road game. It, yeah. It's difficult to do that. It doesn't matter how good or bad. I mean, the Packers on the road in Cincinnati, that game ended a time. They went on a, a game-winning field goal in overtime. It's hard to beat teams, anybody on the road, good or bad, right? So Especially I think after dropping three straight. Back to back. Thank you. back right? Yeah, and giving a 40 in a row. Plus, yeah, no, look, I, I, I can take, I can accept pretty ugly win, yeah. but undeserved win, I think, is taking it too far. They fought hard to come back. So they I were dead in the water. Yeah, I think they were deserving of that win. Defense saved them. I mean, the defense held it down today. You guys already touched on that heavily. I saw Jonathan Gannon comeback season. On mm. again so that was a, a pretty solid one big play slay yes interceptions right. really, really great performance for him also congratulations because he just had a newborn baby so you I know was waiting for the rock the baby with the ball i, I can't yes. that his first? first time i don't know i'm not sure okay Wait, as, as i asked because i'm dealing with that right now and and i just hope that he he can sleep that's it you know, he's that's, that's his fifth kid uh, okay Oh, oh okay. he's a vet. This is easy. Oh, yeah. This is old. Yeah. This is old hat for him. He's good. Yeah, no, he's got like a like a whole football team of kids. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't know that. That's fine. I I'm just curious because I'm dealing with it. So I was hoping he could get it, but he's yeah. he's got this down. All good. But big okay. play. If, if we're looking for three words to describe today, yes. big play slay. I would think would lead the pack. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. I support that wholeheartedly. Big and play, real quick, was... if oh, I'm sorry. I was no, going to bring go up ahead. the point you, got... you brought up last week where we talked about how frustrating it was where Slay wasn't on Tyreek Hill. And it was kind of like, all right, where's the big play in the Slay? And that's part of this whole bounce back with the defense and, and Darius Slay being that metaphor of that, like real on, right. on the field of that. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about him this week as well. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. He, after someone t tweeted something about him, not being worth the hype about bringing here bringing him here and he started tweeting about like his stats and things like that and people were kind of like all right like you guys are on a three game losing streak the defense is abysmal please stop tweeting like personal feats right now yeah. and i don't remember who it was i i don't remember what reporter it was that tweeted something to the extent of darius slay is the byron maxwell of namdi asamoahs and i was like okay Wait a second. And Whoa. Darius Clay was like not having it. And he came out today and was like, I said what I said. That's <laughs> what I, you have to do, though. You have and to. And I was yeah. like, go for it. And, and and here's the thing. No one's going to be mad being silenced by an Eagle going out there and having the their best game in an Eagles uniform. Mm -hmm. No one's going to be mad about that. Everyone's like, take it. Yes. We want more. We want more. Yeah, you. Absolutely. You want, I'll crap on you more if you need it. Will that help? Yes. Right. I talk more trash. But I think that's the same case with Fletcher Cox a little bit because a lot of people have been dogging him throughout this week. Yeah. That's great you. point. And look, he comes out and makes an, a really big play today. So maybe they need people to talk down on them in order for them to like, you know, prove them wrong. Maybe. All yes. they have to do is scroll through Twitter for 10 minutes and it, they'll find it. They'll find it. Search your own name on Twitter. I don't recommend them doing that at no. all. I think that's a recipe for disaster. But yeah. if they really need that that badly, all they have to do is search their name on Twitter and it's done like that. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh. Amazing. It's terrible.
Anything over the top positive? And anybody who's just on cloud nine that the Eagles saved their season and still are in the hunt for the NFC East? I can't believe that's real. The fact that that's real is just so unbelievably pathetic for this division. It's I bad. Well, use, but I think Dallas is. I'm sorry, Risha. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say real quick. I, I think Dallas still in the driver's seat, right? We're not. Yeah, breaking in or splitting any atoms with that assessment there, but yeah. hanging around in this division, you never know. And I think it was realistic, especially with Fitzpatrick going down. Daniel Jones is the living human embodiment of a turnover. So you have a shot. You never know. <laughs> the living um, human embodiment of a turnover. He is. He's a walking, breathing. Like if you That's wanted what. <laughs> That's really funny. Watch the really win by 30 that. tonight. <laughs> Listen, well, I mean, honestly, we need the Giants to win today, right? We're Giants. Yes, fans. good point. They need to win because Reverse we need Dallas psychology. to get smacked around a little bit. But yeah. if, yeah, if Daniel Jones could just not be himself tonight, that would be great. <laughs> just run on the ground, hold on to the ball, and watch out for the turf monster. I was going to say, right? watch out for the turf monster. Watch out that he doesn't get you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, there's. Real quick, and, and thinking about running, and, and just to kind of bring it back to us. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember, because I live bet the, the prop at the half at 16 and a half over, but Hertz was at like zero. Was he at zero rushing yards at the half or right around that, right? I know he was at zero rushing yards for a lot of the first half. He finished with 30. And of course, the two touchdowns we know coming there, but it, it felt like that was a big part of his superpowers being taken away in the first half. Like, Okay, you can deal with a guy missing a throw or two if he's able to carve up on the ground, but either his reluctance or the play calling and a combination, I'm sure, more of, of both. It just felt like he was stripped away of a power on top of missing a throw or two. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if he – I think – He was close. Thought... He was at zero for a while, Jess, but I, I can't remember if he actually went into the half still with zero yards. Did. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Because Finish I think that's, 30, that's yeah. something that's a huge, it's a huge part of their offense and what makes Jalen Hurts dangerous. Why would you take that away from him? Yeah. I, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't well, make sense was, at all. Do you think there was some reluctance from him as well to not run? And again, this is such a crazy conversation that I think the three of us have that everybody has week to week and the pendulum swings so far, which is he's holding the ball too long. He's tucking too fast, right? It's kind of like, look, there's a very small little window that people have created where he's making the right decision. I don't know. Was he reluctant in the first half to tuck maybe a little more, maybe what we're used to? I don't know if he's reluctant or if he's focusing on not being the guy that's only known for that. Maybe not not known for that is the right is the wrong phrasing. He doesn't want to have those happy feet and constantly just be tucking and taking off when there are other things available right. to him. I think he's working on trying to maintain his pocket presence and growing as a passer and not immediately going to that. But I also think that they have to find a balance where it's not completely taken away from him because I mean that first pull where I mean the entire defensive line went one way following Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts had had endless amount of room to run. So I think that that's something they have to continue to incorporate into their game plan. 
But I think that they just have to be better about finding a balance there, whether it be making sure that Jalen's mentally ready, like good to go with it, or if it's his reluctance or the play calling, whatever it might be, I think they have to make sure that that is a feature of their offense. I think that's perfectly said, because if you if you know what your strengths are and you're always leaning on those strengths, how are you ever going to develop when it comes to like throwing the ball? If you know that you always have the option to run. So I think that's a really good point. Maybe he doesn't want that to be his crutch. You know, so he was trying to, you know, force himself to throw the ball more often. It was zero at the half, by the way. It was. okay, Yeah. And and look, the the running is not vital by any means, but he's a dual threat. And and that's something that we don't want, right? We don't want it to be the extreme, which is he's turned into a pocket passer. No, we've got guys in this league who can run, who can throw, who can do both and create a problem when they roll out. Hertz also is really fast too. So yeah. we want that to be able to be on display. And and look, there is going to be, as we've seen, there are going to be mistakes made. They're going to be, hey, you held on to that football too long, Lyman downfield. You held on to that football too long, you missed somebody. You tucked and you could have hit somebody across the middle. You tucked, you could have just waited, you know, a couple of extra seconds. It's such a narrow window, right, gap to fit in. So I don't want to sound... Like I was critical, it was more just, I guess, curious if he was passing stuff up in the first. But look, it was awful for him in the first half. Yeah. As a whole. Yeah. And he still bounced back. Tail two halves for Jalen Hurts. 100%. And again, if it's a a trash first half and they, you know, figure it out at halftime and come out and get the win, you're not going to get complaints from me. It's when it goes the other way. It's, you know, an unbelievable first half and then, you know, nothing happens at halftime and you come out and and it just flatlines after that. But the fact that they're able to make an adjustment and move on and ultimately, you know, Jalen Hurts seal had to, had, it had to be him to ensure they got that win. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. You're not like, you're not going to get complaints from me for a guy playing in his ninth NFL game ever. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like he's been around for so much longer. And I, someone tweeted it today and I don't remember who it was. It might have been John Stolness from BGN, actually. Mm-hmm. Tweeted something along the lines of, um, oh, he said, it's unfair to ask Jalen Hurts to prove he's a franchise quarterback this year when his head coach is so obviously overmatched at this point. And personally, I think everything about Jalen Hurts being drafted to this mess has been unfair to him from the beginning. Being drafted behind, you know, a guy who just got paid $120 million, putting being put in that situation to start wasn't fair to Jalen Hurts at all. Yeah. And the fact that he is trying to fight to show his worth and what he can do in the NFL with a really young offensive core, a completely new coaching staff. I mean, I think that he he has to overcome so many obstacles in order to try to show what he can do. And ultimately, he he's doing it. Yes. He's succeeding at showing his worth in the NFL, in my opinion, at least. And nobody came in with the expectations that they're going to go all the way. Right. So that's where it comes into measuring progress for, you know, the team as a whole, but definitely looking at Hurts. Like you said, it's only his ninth career start. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, looking it's- at the Eagles objectively is not a strong suit of Philadelphia fans. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. No. No, no, no. And, and we could see that just here on, on the responses. Yeah. Anything else that I, we should get to on that. Twitter? I think I saw the best one from today. Okay. 
It says it feels good-ish. Good-ish. That's good. Good-ish. That's good. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. That's yes. I like that. I like Sounds that. Good. Good-ish is, is yeah. probably the best. It's a win. It's a On win. On the road. You feel good about the second half. Some things that you probably can't count on moving forward, like a block punt, but some things you can yeah. count on. Look, I and here's the thing, too. If you wanted to look at individuals as we laid out from Hertz to Slay to just the unit on defense to Fletcher Cox playing better to Jonathan Gannon getting hit over the head with a mallet. Nick Sirianni is the one wild card. Right. So as as we start to you know land a plane here, Sirianni is kind of this weird wild card because this is going to sound super critical after a win. And it's not it's not meant to be. But I think if I were to line everybody up and say, all right, who benefited the most from circumstance that wasn't really their own doing? Like who pretty much got bailed out more so than anybody else? And I don't think Sirianni called a terrible second half, anything like that. Guys were open and, and play calling was there. But it just felt like Hertz took a little more matters into his own hands. And I, I don't know. Even saying that right now sounds like shut up, Shander. They got to win. Just take it and, and leave with it. But part of me felt like, OK, he probably got bailed out more so than anybody else. And, and I don't know what to make of that. I'm not saying, oh, he sucks. Get rid of him. I just don't know really what to make of it. I think I have a definitive opinion about everybody else. But I'm really up and down with Sirianni this week. I think that's fair. I think that because the offense still was stalling in weird spots and the red zone play calling was still questionable and you still don't know what exactly he's doing in practice with the offense and working with the wide receivers at some points and you still have enough frustrations where you he you're right the, that you summed it up perfectly the, he's the wild card i think consistency yeah yeah isn't there yeah not at all what do you think three words would be on Sirianni? I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot because that's a tough one. I couldn't think of any. Figure it out. Okay. I like it. Okay. I like it. Figure Look at it that. Out. I like that. Figure it out. With like six exclamation points, I could see that. All caps, figure it out. Highlight it. Have to highlight it for him. Oh, yeah. He can take one of the highlighters off his hat and highlight it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. We have any. I. At one point, there were no highlighters on there today. No. Okay. no. I don't know if he what? finished the game with no highlighters there, but <laughs> there were none. Oh. We should go back and look at before and after at the half. Maybe he just yeah. threw them in a fit of rage. Maybe. At, at I will say, after. here's here's some something else, though, I will say. Um, you know, he put both um, Brandon Graham and then Brandon the numbers. numbers on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lane Johnson's number was on there today, too, which – makes me really nervous for him and especially because it's not injury related of any kind. So still thinking of Lane Johnson and hoping that him and his family are all, are all good and okay. Because that was, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that's really not good. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, it's, it's, I think maybe if we wanted to try to take one positive, it's, it's him honoring guys. So he's putting them all to honor him there. But yeah, I could definitely see how you'd look at it and say, wow, two of these guys ain't coming back. And we don't know the severity of what we're just offering the best and, and wishing the best for him and his and his family. But we don't know right. the severity of it. And yeah, I mean, I, I could see definitely the concern from from that, the, the optics of it. And yeah. look, He's- as much shit as we give him from wearing T-shirts and all the other stuff, 
that's pretty cool. And he's a player's coach. He is. And the yeah. guys seem to really like him and his enthusiasm and how he relates to them. And I think that's a great thing to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the t-shirt was brutal. But I, I do think that he he does the right things and I think he has a good yeah. heart. And I think that he I don't I don't want to I don't write him off at all. I, I do want him to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I do. All right. Well, we've got a little bit of a breather now, as we know, short week. And things are right back to normal here. At least they're back home, but it's going to be crazy. We're going to be back Thursday night, late Thursday night, following the Eagles-Bucks game. Bucks had it pretty easy today, but Miami's down to their third-string quarterback, so just knock that down. And and we're hey, we're back post game Thursday night. We'll see what the hell happens. You roll the dice. You never know in this league, right? At least we have something to be happy about, even if it's only for a day. At least we have something would to be happen happy about. on a short week. Yes. <laughs> we would get to enjoy a win for a short week. <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's anything else we could say to sum up. That's a perfect way just to sum up what just happened on a Sunday. Of all things, you look ahead and think, we don't even get a full seven nope. to enjoy that supper. Sunday. It's a shame. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody hanging. We appreciate you being a part of the show as well. And if you're catching on late, you're watching ahead of Thursday night, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe here as well. And look, we'll see what happens next week at Rachel Monique at Jesse underscore Taylor. Jesse with an I underscore Taylor 21 at Shander Show for me. We're around all week on Twitter as well. We appreciate you rolling with us again Thursday night. As soon as that game's over, we'll be on getting your instant reaction here on the BGN Radio Instant Reaction Show. Have a great week and go Birds. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.